I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio welcome to the second episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and i have my co-hosts with me my cohorts in crime my harley quins if you will um i have queenie thayer here with us and queenie is um a horror maven like myself has written and worked for rumor magazine has published a work out there which you should go and find and read and she's, she's kind of our backup uh, fangirl for this episode. And uh, make her feel welcome. Yay. And then, of course, I have Ren Willux with us. And she is, as always, my web mistress. Hi, Ren. Hello. I do more than that. Yes, you do. You do, uh, you do lots of things. <laughs> Usually you, you make me laugh, which is always good. I, like, I, like I try. You try. And Queenie, um, you, uh, you just... You just got to the United States. I did. I am an import. You're an import. <laughs> I'm full of maple syrup, hockey, and beavers. Czechoslovakia? <laughs> Actually, no. I'm probably more full of beavers than anything else because I love beavers. Don't. <laughs> uh, <No>. Awesome. <laughs> hey. And, and hey. we have sound effects. That that would be our uh, that would be uh, Todd the Jackalope over there and he's hopping up and down right now <laughs> going oh god i'm gonna have to deal with the censorship this episode <laughs> he's, he's probably got a he's probably got a beaver inside him oh my god Todd, <laughs> i think Todd, to be on this beaver? show i must be qualified because uh, i must have a beaver inside at this point you yes. do you, you I thought only women have beavers but anyway <laughs> mm. <laughs> Let's emasculate Todd this episode of the fan girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Canadian. I'll apologize throughout this whole thing. Let's say A a lot. Yeah, I expect a. at least or two at boots in there. So, But in this episode of the show, other than emasculating uh, the lovely Todd, um, we will be talking about uh, the new TV season, which has kind of started. Um, we've had a couple of new series start, um, and there's a couple of upcoming uh, that I've actually gotten to see um, uh, early on, which are um, excellent that I want to talk about. And we're also going to do a little bit of a different segment here, um, something I, I'm starting to call the Fangirl Obscura, which is where um, each of us takes um, a very, you know, something that the others might not know about, something in fandom, be it sci-fi, t- you know, horror, what have you, depending on if it's a series, a film, a book, or a comic book, and uh, that we love and talk about it and share it with the group. And so it's a, kind of a learning all the way around. But um, let's start off with um, talking about the new TV se- season, which um, I've actually seen um, Terra Nova, as did many Yay, other dinosaurs. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. With <laughs> um, I, I wrote a review on the site, on the webzine, and, um, but there was so much disappointment that I feel the need to share it with the listening audience as well. Uh, Terra Nova, I would guess, I think there was maybe about 15 minutes of dinosaur and um, in a two hour, two, two hours, hours, okay. Two hours of pilot. And um, it's just, it was so uneven on, in terms of, of how they were laying it out. And plus, you know, I wanted dinosaurs. I was promised dinosaurs, and there were, <laughs> damn it, 
damn it. There were supposed to be dinosaurs here. It's like they um, walked a toy dinosaur across the screen and said, there you go. You're done. You know, it would have been, I would have, I would have been more entertained by the grr arg of a Joss Whedon <laughs> ending. But no, I didn't even get that. And it turned Aww. into what I was calling um, Evernova, which is uh, kind of like Everwood with dinosaurs sort of oh, there. Oh, no. My, my uh, antici- interpretation of the previews was that it was going to be like lost with dinosaurs, but it sounds like it's not even with dinosaurs. So well, it's just they- lost. They were it's lost is gonna be what it's gonna be in six episodes when it gets cancelled. Um, but I it just I don't know why they thought that going with the teen angst and family drama di- angle was okay with fans like me and, and, and who else, you know, everyone else out there was thinking, Oh yes, hard sci fi Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs is a big important part. Dinosaurs and time travel and the future and what happened? Steven Spielberg and guy that used to do Twenty Four. What happened? <laughs> you failed. That's really me. too bad. Yeah, I mean it. They managed to cram. Okay, they went from here's the the setting. You know, we've ruined the planet and everything else in the first minute and a half okay we've we get that laid out for us and we went from that to oh here we're in the in the um sort of alternate uh timeline you know jurassic park thing that we're we're setting us up for in 20 minutes oh in 20 minutes it, it may have been closer to 25 but if you take the commercial breaks out they took 20 minutes to get from here to here and and how they did it was so hackneyed and hmm. wtf that i i'm 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 at a loss and and they made the characters so bland and cookie cutter that when that happens oh god it was just oh, oh. and <laughs> it hurt my brain tell us how you really feel jay <laughs> it hurt my brain my life back terra nova or at least two hours of stephen lang walking around in a black wife beater okay so So, was there nothing that you liked was there nothing no little bright shining arms stephen lang's arms as always never disappoint you (laughs) arms just his arms the rest of him well, somewhere else. <laughs> so the steely paper gray bag arms. on your face. We just want your arms. <laughs> have you seen his arms? Let no, me... I have not. <laughs> My God! But basically, oh yeah, go. <laughs> Google um, Foo, go. Basically, what they did was they're taking all the hype from Avatar, and they took one of the best actors from Avatar, put him in a role which was basically the nicer. Uh, nicer twin brother of his character from Avatar and ripped off a lot of of the look of that film with their low rent version and even gave him a nemesis who is a tall statuesque African-American woman with curled you know corn rolly hair and um, who's a warrior badass and it's like oh there's a surprise that's your nemesis for the show is basically why don't you just paint her blue Okay, mm. I, it's like, come on, Lame. and then, and then just the the whole angle of the family, you know, basically the premiere being, you shouldn't underage drink or dinosaurs or what you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> nice. uh, that's what that's what I took from it, and um, yeah. So Terra Nova, not so much. Um, my guess is that Fox will sort of can it within six episodes i could be wrong but it's fox and it's a genre show so well can i ask you one question sure what what should they do in the subsequent episodes to make it suck less if they were if they were gonna pull it out if there was any chance of pulling it out what would they do um have more action scenes and less whiny teenage angst definitely um, have more dinosaurs being that that's what we're here for and if a dinosaur is dangling a guy from his mouth with his leg in between his teeth the leg is not going to still be attached and uninjured what you are yeah. kidding oh. no no the Boo. guy got 
the guy, like I said in the, I wrote in the review, the guy got quinted out of a of a car. Quint yeah. being the character from Jaws that gets eaten. Right. Sorry right. if 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 view if listeners you haven't know that Quint gets eaten in Jaws, but anyway, uh, but that was so ridiculous that every did he still have his shoe? He he still had his shoe. He had his leg. It should have been a, a piece of tendon. You know, yeah, at the, and, he, and he should have been dying of of, of shock. But <laughs> yeah, like don't spare the gore. Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, have something good in the show. And, then, and let there Steve Lang be a badass because yeah. that's what he is. Come there should have been some limb loss in two hours. I would have expected some limb loss. There was one death by dinosaur, and then just don't even get me started on the idiocy of how the camp or the 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 settlement is made, where. Um, they didn't build some sort of protective dome, so the the big ass dinosaurs, which dinosaurs are big, can lean yeah. down and be fed by the sweet little young. <laughs> <laughs> they turn themselves into a cafeteria. Yeah, basically <laughs> a self a self serve cafeteria. They, they have a really big fence, but the yes. top can. Yeah, uh, oh my god! Oh, that's the sneeze guard. That's the dino sneeze guard. <laughs> No, we are the the Denny's. (laughs) Thank you. They're more like Sizzler. We're the Sizzler of Paranova. Come, come eat here. So I, I, and I was looking forward to this show. There, that's part of the reason why I was. I'm so uh, voiceless in my hatred of it right now. Um, But been let down. I'm sorry. Let down. So, yeah. I would say Terranova, I'm giving it six episodes. If you differ in that, um, feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But I I really... Oh, and the irony of irony uh, that I forgot to add in that, that the rant that I posted was um, the fact that, hey, isn't there like a, a big-ass meteorite going to hit the Earth at some point during the dinosaur age and going to blacken the sky and, and desecrate the air? And Isn't that what you left to come here for? So, ha, that's funny. Yeah, well, I'll put my oh, scientist hat on. i got to put my scientist hat on here for a second and say that the dinosaurs exist for se- existed for several right. millions of years. Right, so they've right. got a little bit of time. But wouldn't you think they would have made the settlement underground? It's it, this is a futuristic society, right? Why are we? Think they'd relying- have learned. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't? Why would we have been building a big fence and not underground settlements? Where you know, without big open air dining for for dinosaurs? Because you know, remember these are yes, these big ones that we see at the beginning are were vegetarians that could lean down and do that, but they've never seen people. So they might think you're a nice looking berry and you don't know. <laughs> you fit in their mouth. Okay. So uh, humans are stupid. They never learn from history. Uh, yeah, this is true. This is true. I think we've I think we've scared Todd. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Todd, do you Jack-a-loping. like dinosaurs? Do you like do you like dinosaurs, Jackalope? You know, I like I like uh I've always liked dinosaur movies. Godzilla of course, even though he's not technically a dinosaur, he's to me an awesome dinosaur when I was a kid. And then uh when I got to Jurassic Park, I just loved the dinosaurs. I I couldn't wait. I was like, okay, enough talking, get to the dinosaurs. And then Lost World, I thought was great. Um I enjoyed the third one because like the dinosaurs were chewing on people, which is always good. But yeah. then, you know, I have to admit that the Terra thing at first when I first saw it, I was like, wow, someone watched Jurassic Park and woke up and said, hey, I have a brilliant idea for a TV series. And uh, it turned out, of course, like you said, uh, there's too much... Uh, too much BS, not enough smacking down. We need some dinosaur right. munching people going on. Well, and yeah. that's the thing that made me disappointed was that Spielberg's doing it. So... Guess better to rip off yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? well, he didn't, though. He should have. <laughs> but, you know, that's... He, why didn't you rip yourself off there, Steven? Come he had on. 35 cents for the effects for the first episode. Did, okay, did the green screen not look like poop to you? Well, that they you were, know. At the end, with the whole, look at the moon is so big. Ah, yeah, uh, It's gotten out of hand. The, the digital age has, has brought an end to creative effects work. It's gotten to the point now where they shoot 90% of the stuff they shoot 
on green screens anyway. I mean, and uh, they don't even need to. The Pan Am know? thing, instead of building sets, they just shot it on a green screen. People are walking through this supposed. I saw Pan Am. Yeah, they were trying to walk through. It was supposed to be an airport. They're just like walking on a little conveyor belt in front of a green screen. See, I don't mind special effects, but only if they're used sparingly. Right. You know, like the, the CGI. Because um, I think animatronics and puppetry is much more fascinating. And if you blend the two, they can make incredible movies and True. TV. True. But it seems like you depend too much on one and not the other. So I'm going right. to use green screen. I got two I'm words, man. Two words. Van, Van Helsing. That's all I have to say. Van oh, Helsing. Hell yeah. and, an and as an answer to that, I will say The Wolfman, which was perfect blending of both. I yeah. loved oh, how that yeah. looked. Great and they won, an Oscar. they won an Oscar. Woo! So, Rin. Yes. You, you saw Pan Am. Is it I the did. Ma- is it the blatant ripoff of Mad Men I've heard a lot of people say? Well, here's the problem. I don't watch Mad Men, so I can't answer that question. Okay. <laughs> um, but there does seem to be a rage for the, the 60s era lately because as well as Pan Am, I also watch the Playboy Club, which they're both, ba- they're both set in the 60s. Um, and uh, I hate to switch gears, but can I talk about Playboy Club first? Go for it. Okay, cool. So, Playboy Club. I watched this. I was kind of interested because I liked the 60s. I liked the um, the idea of these women that are kind of uh, pioneering the idea of being self-sufficient. So, anyway, that was only one aspect of it. But um, it was started out probably a little disappointingly contrived. I'm not going to give it as scathing a review as you gave Terra Nova because I don't think it was remotely as bad as that. It was pretty good, actually. Um, unfortunately, the beginning, it, I mean, it was an hour long, not two hours long. They did cram stuff in pretty fast. The beginning was sort of like, it was just predictable. You know, the, the, the lead character dances with sleazy guy. Sleazy guy tries to grope her. She pushes him away. Sleazy guy finds her in a closet later on, tries to attack her, you know, stiletto through the jugular. And I'm not actually giving away any of the plot because that happened in the first ten minutes. So, wow. you know, oh, oh, and Sleazy Guy turns out to be a mob boss. So, like, all of that. Like, so, <laughs> you could have just, that's every story ever told. So, it was kind of annoying that they weren't more creative with it, plot-wise. Um, on the plus side, I have to say, someone popped up that I absolutely gave a little cheer for, and that was the love of my life, or uh, not quite, but almost, uh, Mr. David Crumholtz who I am such a fan of. I cannot sing that man's praises any higher. Used to be in the t- in the long-running, very successful show, Numbers. He was the math genius guy. And he's also done a whole bunch of roles. He's just a wonderful actor. He's, he's Mr. The Universe. They- yeah, he's Mr. Universe. Yeah, and he's um, the, uh, the elf in the Santa Claus movies. He's fantastic. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I love him. I actually had a fan site for him. That's how much I love him. Um, I think that the reason they picked him for this is because he had a little role in um, Ray, the Ray Charles story, and he was he looked the part. He just looked the '60s. He had the the '60s, you know, slick back pompadour kind of hair, and he looked so perfect in that that he just looks perfect in this show too. There's something about him that just screams that kind of era. So he's good in it, and um, I'm glad to see him on TV again. The one person I loved the most, and I've just realized I forgot to Google her actual name, but is the woman who plays the um, the head bunny, the bunny mistress, sort of controlling all the other bunnies. She was mesmerizing. She starts out totally going to be the evil woman, and then towards by the end of the show, um, the lead character who's stuck in the middle of this because she's killed a mob boss who's scary, um, stuck in the middle of this, thinks that she has an ally in the lead in the lead male character. And that she's going to be bad, and then they have this conversation in the in the in the, in an office where she sits down in front of this woman who she's really scared of, and in the course of this conversation, the tables completely turn, and suddenly that just it sort of feels like maybe this woman could be her greatest ally instead of being her greatest enemy, but it's still kind of ambiguous, and it's. It was really cool. That was the part that made me think, ah, maybe there's a chance in this show for some real drama. So she was marvelous the lead blonde girl is fine she looks just like scarlett johansson who's hot so that's fine um but yeah 
I would say I'd give it maybe a solid 7 out of 10. It's not something I'm going to keep watching, but I did like it. And I think if you're if you're the kind of person who liked Mad Men, you'll probably really like this, too. Um, they did plenty of mentioning of Hugh Hefner, and they I think he did... Either it was him or, or someone that sounded a, a, an awful lot like him that did some narrating. Um, so that's kind of cool. And then, so the reason why I talked about that first is because I wanted to compare it to Pan Am, which I liked so much more. And I know maybe Todd didn't like it. I I, I was so sucked into the story that I didn't even notice any bad bad green screen. Um, I someone else who popped up in this show that maybe everybody knew who that was already going to be in it that I didn't know was going to be in it was Christina Ricci, who I love. Oh, and I, I have love always her. loved. Since she was like itty bitty little Wednesday Adams when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and I saw that I had straight black hair and pale skin and never <laughs> smiled, and that was my <laughs> nickname. Everybody called me Wednesday, and I always thought maybe she was my sister. I thought we were like oh, long lost sisters. One of us. So yeah, so I'm a big fan of Christina Ricci, and she's so cute. I can't even begin. No, ah, whatever. Oh my god. So the show, unlike um, unlike Playboy Club, that kind of just felt like it was laboring to get started it, it, it there was lots going on but it didn't feel fast pan am just clipped it just went from the moment it opened up you were immediately sucked into a bunch of people moving fast and doing something and you don't quite know what she's doing and it was great i was completely engrossed from 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 the get go and it's exciting i think that there's going to be a lot of excitement going on because there's some espionage things going on there's some um yeah it's just cool i can't even i don't want to tell you cuz it's just it's exciting and now, it's got a lot of yeah oh, i was i was going to ask a question um yeah. what i had, i had heard was this was actually based off of real events sort of like the playboy club was supposed to be mm-hmm. but this was based off of like uh the government using the stewardesses to keep an eye on supposed russian spies cuz it was during the cold war well- yeah, it's got that. It already has mentioned the Cold War, and it's already got a character who's acting as a spy. Um, and uh, I think that there definitely is some truth in that, that, that Pan Am stewardesses, that was a spectacular cover. They traveled all over the world. They were required by Pan Am to be unmarried, so they were independent individuals with no other family, you know, no real immediate family ties except for their biological family. You know, and then they had the ability to go anywhere with a perfectly plausible um, alibi. You know, they were there because they were Pan Am stewardess. And so I, I think that that certainly has some some bits in, in history. There was a flashback of them rescuing some uh, people out of Cuba right after the Bay of Pigs or something. That was kind of cool. Um, and I bet you, I had a thought. Uh, the, they only mentioned Russia and the Cold War in like the last couple of minutes of the show. And the moment they said that and I started to think, I went, this is my own prediction, and I will say it right now on record. I think... Christina Ricci's character is a Russian spy. I'm just going to say that right now. Mm. I think in about five or six episodes, it's going to, it's, it's, the S word's going to get real, and she's <laughs> going to be, it's going to be so cool. Anyway, I dug the show, like, seriously. The, there was funny bits, too, where two sisters, they're escaping a wedding, and, oh, yeah, it was good. I really liked it. I also watched a couple of comedies. I can tell you about those. They were shorter. I'm rambling really hardcore. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me come. I'll I'll come in with one that I actually like, yeah. and then we can hear about the comedies because um, we're we're going to be going into heavy territory with a uh, person of interest, which uh-huh. is I didn't see that. I call this Jesus Born instead of Jason Born. We have Jesus out there kicking butt and taking names. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah. Caviezel. Jim, Jim Caviezel. Caviezel with his his bitch and blue eyes of doom and um my personal favorite michael emerson who was so awesome has been on lost yes. um yes, yes he plays he doesn't even have to try to be creepy he's so innocuous and little and sweet looking but then he can just turn to you and glare at you and it's like <laughs> oh god you're gonna eat my innards but um person of interest was really uh, i really enjoyed it it's kind of like a modern day I would say it's kind of like a modern day Magnum PI meets uh, Skynet in a way. Um, cool. Because what what the plot is, um, Caviezel's character, and I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. I can always I always say it wrong, but it, Caviezel's character, I'll call him Jesus. Jesus, um, he. <laughs> 
he uh, is an ex like badass um, special forces agent. Um, he's one of the black ops guys, the guys you don't want to mess with. And what happens is um, he is on. He falls in love with this woman, and he quits the job for her. Well, um, then nine eleven happens, and. At some point in between 9-11 and now, she is horribly, you know, she is murdered. And you don't know really how or why. So, but that throws him over the edge and he goes all um, beardy hobo in in New York, um, running around on the subways, um, drinking lots of booze. And um, we uh, pick up with him when he's getting attacked and he basically takes down a gang of thugs with just a look and a smile really and um just kicks their butt and it's a great scene i was very impressed it, it i wish i had me. that power <laughs> uh, kicking butt butts with my with eyes the, yes it's a great Look power my eyes. You are he's, he's the son of god for Lord. <laughs> I mean, come on <laughs> so anyway he, he is then befriended by michael emerson's character who you um, who somehow knows when things are going to happen and knows who is going to be attacked and 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 he and you find out um, and I'm totally spoiling the plot but it's already been aired um, <laughs> is that Michael Emerson's character after 9/11 happened was asked and he's very rich very rich man um, has like his own little security force but he created a network uh, a computer system to track um, events as they happen, what, what may happen using data and cameras and numbers. And um, what the government did was they built this facility with massive amounts of data storage for this. Because think about this, they're keeping an eye on everybody everywhere at all times. And, and if you think about the Bush administration and all the things that we found out they were doing, this plot makes a lot of sense, even if it is sort of out there in terms of, can we really make something like this? Who's to say? I mean, there's stuff that we don't have any clue about. So it's kind of scary to think about that. Well, what their system did was to get rid of the inconsequential data, it dumped it every night at midnight, and it only focused on the terrorist activity. But what um, happened was Michael Emerson's character realized that the inconsequentials were murders and um, you know rapes, things like that that were going to happen. And um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and and it's all done scientific data, like you know movie version of scientific data. But it's kind yeah. of a neat concept. And um, so he starts collecting somehow he's collecting the data of the inconsequentials and he decides to get Jim Caviezel's character to come in and help stop these inconsequences inconsequential acts from happening and it's kind of a neat concept because you know um Caviezel's character is supposed to be dead he's you know he's faked his death or supposedly was killed and Michael Emerson you find out you know tells him at one point you're not let's just say you're not the only person to have lost someone and oh by the way i'm supposed to be dead too and so you've got two subplots there that you know are going to be you know searched out and you really you kind you want to know you want to know well how how did this go down did the government try to off him after they figured out what you know they were done with him or or what happened and you know there was either the first episode it was a really nice little twist on the the woman in peril plot that you thought it was going to be and um it was it was well done i thought the action scenes were great michael emerson and jim caviezel can act like mofos of course we know that so i really liked it i really like you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of of the late great human target which um you know i thought was taken before its time um and i i miss shows that aren't freaking procedural CSIs, you know, I like yeah. I like shows that are different and this is a nice little throwback to Magnum where you had the 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 pretty bad boy, you know, that was solving cases and doing things and having his mysterious employer telling him what to do. You know, so it basically is a new version of Magnum that's, PI and it's Yeah, great. well, I mean that's a pretty that's a great uh, that's a great format. I mean, there's even like Quantum Leap was one of those. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the 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 lone badass hooks up with the smart guy, and yeah. 
with with the um, you know the money and resources, and it's great too because in the first episode, their like lair is a library, and it's a closed down library, and um, the line is you know well, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, they closed these first to save budget cuts. You know, so the libraries are saving us in a way, <laughs> which is true. Oh, you know, libraries, <laughs> libraries, land of magic, and Jim Caviezel. Um, so it's 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 a great show. I really really enjoyed it. So please, you know, watch Person of Interest and give it some ratings so we keep it around. It's a good cool. show. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad Comedies. to hear that one. <laughs> Well, I, I was just going to say, I'm glad to hear that that one is a success. I mean, I didn't see either, and only from the previews, I, I frankly, I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought that was going to be the stinker and Terra Nova would be good, but I'm I'm glad one of them is good. Oh, yeah, um, it's it's funny that how commercial can, can uh, you know, it's just like movie trailers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how, pl- how played we were by Star Trek Insurrection and... and uh-huh. uh, uh. So... <laughs> <laughs> the only the only other two shows that I watched uh, was the premiere of New Girl, the comedy with um, Zoe Deschanel. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. And uh, I watched Suburgatory. And the first one I watched was New Girl. That was a half hour comedy, so it was over really quick. Um, the previews looked hilarious, and as is unfortunately often true, they were the funniest parts of the show. I so the wondered. rest of the show wasn't as funny. Um, I think that they, they did what a lot of, what a lot of sitcoms have to do nowadays, which is try and be, try and show everything, like a little snippet of everything that can, every social interaction that could possibly take place in a single episode. So give everybody an idea of what they could possibly do if you gave them a whole show. So it was so rushed that I, I frankly don't even remember most of it. Um, she was, she was cute. She wasn't as endearing as I wanted her to be. I wanted to be at the end of the show being thinking like, oh my God, I want her to be my best friend. I want her to live in my house. And I just want to open the closet for her to be like right there. Um, and I frankly, at the end was thinking like, I'm so glad she doesn't live in my house. And I'm so glad that (laughs) I opened my closet. She's not right there. Um, which, uh, that, that would personally t- that would terrify me if I opened my closet and uh, Daphne's <laughs> sister was in there. I'm like, what the hell? Serious? That's not like a dream of yours to open oh. closets and find people. Well, you know, I you <laughs> know what I could I would say is if I opened the closet and saw both Daphne's sisters in there, it would remind me of The Shining, and I would yes. scream and run. <laughs> yes. Come play with us. <laughs> play with us forever. <laughs> And our strangely gravelly voices. Anyway, um, they it was good. It was it was funny, and I think that if the writing stays that level or better, it it should it should have it should be good. It should be a good show. If it if it stays that level and never gets really much better than that, then it might not be that awesome a show. But um, I thought the three guys, her three guy roommates, were hilarious together. They really the three of them made a great. They played off each other really, really well, especially the uh, the uh, douchebaggy white guy. Can I say the D word on the radio? You can. Todd? Uh, you can say it. <laughs> yeah. He was, actually, that was the funniest part of the show. Is he, he was, his friends were trying to keep him from being a D word, and every time he said or did something that was particularly douchebaggy, they pointed to a jar, like a swear jar, and they made him put money in it every time he was a douchebag. Was That's so, awesome. That was hilarious. Anyway, that was a good show. I enjoyed it. It was good. I think I'll keep watching it and see it if it gets better. Um, the other one I watched, and this I almost I almost wasn't I didn't even know it existed until I was all done and I got on Twitter and Nathan Fillion tweeted at Alan Tudyk and said that his new show was spectacular and funny, and I thought, oh my god, I have to see this. So promptly downloaded it as I did the other three and watched Suburgatory. I don't even know what channel it's on. I'm guessing it's probably on cable no i have no I idea think, i think it's abc that. i think it's okay ABC. cool yeah even better i want alan tudyk to get more network visibility that man is that man is a national treasure i swear up and down it's fantastic anyway for anyone who doesn't recognize the name that is um oh it's totally just escaped my brain wash you know, from firefly wash. wash from firefly <laughs> you know yeah 
I love Wash. I am a leaf. <laughs> I am a leaf on the wind. He is fantastic. And if you haven't seen Death at a Funeral, the British version, not the American version, do it right now. All I have to say, Naked Alan Tudyk on a roof, high as a kite, is the funniest thing I have ever seen. But anyway, Suburgatory, in a nutshell, is a father-daughter family that moved from uh, Manhattan to the suburbs of New York, which look strangely like Southern California, but that could just be me. Um, I guess it's supposed to be a bit more like Jersey Shore-ish kind of nastiness, um, but they're not in Jersey, thank God. And so there's so sort of their, their adventures in suburbia. Um, I thought it was hilarious. It's really well written. It's really well acted. The characters are all three, you know, they're great. They're in, they're engaging. I don't think I can watch it though, because it is the, the, the suburbia is so sharply real that it's painful. <laughs> the, the, the vapidity, the vapidness and the emptiness and the plasticness is so palpable that you just feel dirty it's fantastic and awful at the same time so i it was great it was great but it it was like it was like watching for me it's like watching high school movies i can't watch high school movies because i just go oh i hate high school so everybody (laughs) else could have a totally different reaction to this this could be this could be just me and my own neuroses but no um, no i'd probably feel the same way i i I hate that sort of thing, the suburbia shows. I can't watch that stuff. Well, the thing is, it was in the perspective of the daughter. It's in this perspective of the teenage daughter. And she's the one seeing these plasticky mothers saying things like fashizzle. And and they're plasticky, you know, mini-me daughters that are wearing push-ups when they're 12. Yeah, all of that that makes you go, you know. Where's the gun? At the end, there was a genuinely sweet moment that really proved that that what they're trying to do is show that there's some heart in people, even those kinds of people. And it was it wasn't like a sappy, sweet, like manipulating your emotions moment. It was a genuinely sweet moment. Um, and and that's why I say it's a really excellently written show. I think it I think it will last a long time because as well as being sweet and well written, it was hilarious. So awesome. yeah, that one was a winner. Go Alan Tudyk for sure. Cool. Yay. Well, I, I was wondering about that one. I I, uh, I know I love Alan Tudyk. That's a given. And I like Jeremy Sisto a lot. So it's good to hear that yeah. it's actually funny. My concern is it's an ABC comedy. And unless it's uh, Modern Family, it seems like they don't really support their comedies too much. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. I don't remember the other. What other comedies are there on ABC? I don't even remember. Well, that's, Yeah. <laughs> There's the point right there. Yeah. Rest, right there. Yeah. Well, I actually, yeah. Uh, well, I actually got lucky enough to see a couple of um, pre um, pre uh, air pilots. Um, one pilot and uh, the premiere show of the show. <laughs> and um, I have to say, I, I I wrote a review for it on on the site, but I've got to say it again because I really, really, really loved it. Was American Horror Story? Um, American Horror Story is going to be on FX. I believe it starts on the fifth of October, and um, it's done. Funnily enough, it is is created by the guys who make Glee. And <laughs> when you think no way. Glee, you think Glee. Um, Glee makes me feel horror of a different sort, and, <laughs> and I'm a feared. Um, I actually tried to watch five. I actually tried to watch the um, Rocky Horror Picture Show episode. I said, "Okay, no. it's, it's, I, I, I got you're gonna try. No. I, I'm gonna try." So I, I tried to watch in a clip, and I made it through 15 seconds, and I couldn't. you are. A record holder. That was no. Oh, I think I'm the only person I know that ever uh, regularly watched the show, but routinely muted the mu- the music. I don't think I've heard any Glee music at all. Uh, I know what happened because I watched the show. It was never a really guilty it. pleasure. Like I've never watched Glee, but I've had friends watch it in the background while I was watching my husband on cam when I was in Canada, and yeah. I would hear the music, and it would just go through me like a buzzsaw. <laughs> I was just oh. like, oh my god, what is she watching? They had the audacity to make a 3D music uh, god. They made a 3D concert oh. film. Oh my god. Oh, that's, 
Oh, and, and it. surprise, it, 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 I couldn't even get it out. It made me, I puked a little in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but, but American Horror Story sort of, you know what, guys, it, it actually rose them up in my eyes. And, and I got to remember, too, that the guys also made Nip Tuck, which is one of the most twisted, dark uh, dramas. Dark show. Oh. It is some jacked stuff. and. Yeah. They think of that times a hundred, and and you've got American Horror Stories weird awesome. factor. It is it is it is a really trippy, very cool show. I can't say enough good about it. You should totally watch it, support it. I saw the pilot only. I so but Jessica Lang in her first ever television weekly appearance in a series. Sweet. Jessica Lang, the woman is a goddess, and um, just. You know, they they do some stuff in this. I am just amazed that it's not like HBO. Props to effects. They are like pushing the envelope on stuff. Like with, I um, love shows that that I, we need more shows that push the envelope that make you think. You know. Oh God! Well, just the stuff that they get away with, like with what they do with Sons of Anarchy, which I'm I'm yes. actually finally getting into. That show is badass. I've seen the entire. Sons of Anarchy series. It's amazing. Oh my God! And I love Ron Todd. Cullen. Todd, your guy. You want to you want to jump in here? <laughs> I have uh even though I've I really do like the cast, I have never watched one episode. <sighs> you guys, I can tell you, watch Sons of Anarchy. It is amazing. The acting is superb. The story is so engaging and it is very soap opera, but it's soap opera bikers. So come on, you get violence, you get gore. Todd, you, you're not winning that. You're not winning this whole emasculating thing that we're Dude, doing the to you. The, the thing <laughs> is, yeah, the, the thing is, it's like, I don't know if you live like I'm, I'm near Sugar Creek, Missouri. So it's kind of like that is Sons of Anarchy between that and Mulletville, which is right next door. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I can see your point there. You don't really want to watch a show that's kind of relating too close to life. And they do a very good job of really making it close to the biker culture. Like, it's almost real. Well, a lot yeah. of people it's thought it was... Being so awesome. Well, yeah, it's Ron Perlman. What, what a lot of people thought was that it was actually going to be a, a, one of those, um, you know, reality series that followed a group of bikers. For a long time, people I thought I totally that. did. I was totally yeah. one of those people. Yeah. I thought this is this is like one of those Discovery Channel shows where they've got a group of people making guns or bikes or something stupid. Because they do their I thought that's what it was. They do their research. They actually pay homage and show the horror of what it's like to be in a biker culture. Oh, the guy getting his the 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 the, the, the patch removal episode. Oh, they, oh, yeah. oh my god. Oh my god. I was just like, oh I felt for that guy. I was just like, oh god. <laughs> That's I've never seen this. So you say patch, and I'm just picturing somebody like slowly peeling a nicotine patch off the, you know, the arm hairs, and oh, that really hurts. Sorry, no, no, that's like worse. This is worse. No, this is a million, <laughs> millions no, and I millions times worse. Sorry, with their I'm mark. In my head, I'm making fun of it. So <laughs> <laughs> makes it easier to stomach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do that to you all the time. Like, no, but. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, Sons of Anarchy, Todd, you gotta. It's on Netflix. You gotta stream. And the ending of it just broke my heart. Uh I won't I won't ruin it for you guys, but I watched that ending and was like, no, and I just watched that ending after watching the ending of Dexter the night before, and it's like in the same kind of vein of broken heart endings. And I'm just like, No! Why does the world hate me? I hate everyone. I'm not watching TV anymore. <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> yeah, it was Hard well, uh, well, speaking of the end of the world, the other um, the other show that I got to see the premiere of, which is the second season, is Walking Dead. Ooh. I got to oh, see. Jealous. I got my favorite watch, show. I got to watch the first two episodes, and I've been told um, on this little piece of paper of what I can and cannot talk about. <laughs> This is the first time I've actually had specific things told that we could not discuss. Ooh, so, yeah. So, um, you, I will can say... You tell us, can you tell us whether it is awesome or ridiculously awesome? It is flat out, boss to the wall, ridiculously awesome. Oh, oh God, I'm getting chills. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, it doesn't... 
the, the, the great thing about this was it starts up right after the ending of the last season. And it, and when it starts, it doesn't let up. Awesome. I mean, it, it goes right from that to, um, you know, you, you saw in the, I'm not ruining anything here with, cause the commercials and have shown it, they go to that, um, the, the, the freeway of doom is what I call it, where they have all the cars and uh, abandoned vehicles and corpses in the cars and everything. And then you see another shot of the characters having to hide under the cars as a group of like 60 zombies go by. And, and I got to tell you the, the, the tension that they managed to build up in that scene and, it was just like I was like holding on to the, my chair arm, going, "Oh God, God, no! Don't eat! Don't don't eat Norman Reedus! Don't eat Norman <laughs> Reedus!" You know, like no. But it was it was just awesome how they did it, and and the thing with that show is no one's safe. No, nope. we've 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 shown this and 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 previous things. So that whole scene, and I think that scene that this is how you do it, um, Terra Nova. I think that mm-hmm. scene alone was like ten minutes. Wow, and it it, or it felt it felt you felt it, you know. It it was one of those things like they were really at risk here. It's not like the dinosaurs leaving a leg. No, they're gonna die. Yeah, (laughs) awesome (laughs) because like that's very true to the comic. Everyone just kept dying in the comic one by one. There's no safety net, so So you can attach the people and they're just dead. And the other thing is with the cinematography and Bear McCready, you know, that the Bear's score is just, when it's there, it's beautiful. When they mm-hmm. don't have music, when they, 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 this show knows how to be made. Yeah. And props to Greg Nicotero and Frank Darabont and all the guys on that show because it really is one of the best shows on TV. And the second season, wait. yeah, the second season of the show is going to just knock it out of the park. And I believe yeah. that starts on the, um, I want to say the 16th of October, October 15th or 16th. And, um, yeah, I'm pissed because the second episode was over and I don't have another one. Oh, <laughs> muffin. So, <laughs> I don't have no more zombies. zombies. <laughs> I don't zombies, zombies are my favorite. Zombies are my favorite. favorite. And they're so pretty, favorite. horrible looking zombies. They're oh, so they're pretty. Pretty, they're terrifying. They're fantastic. I love they're them. beautiful. Zombies are the best. <laughs> My my boyfriend will not watch zombie movies with me because he's scared of them. Aww. So he can't. I'm gonna have to watch the show all by myself. But that's better because it's scarier. Yes. Oh man! So Sitting in the room alone in the dark watching zombie. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's yes. great. Just got There you go. <laughs> so I think I think we've discussed all we can on TV. And I know we're getting ready to run out of time here. So. Um, let's go really quick into our share and share like the fa- the fangirl obscura, um, and Queenie. I think you had something to share on that, and I have something as well. And I think we cross. We don't have the same genre, so that's a no. good thing. Um, I'm gonna share a little tidbit about Hilarious House of Frankenstein because it was my favorite show growing up, and I'm sure. Others out there would love to hear about it, um, but it was Canadian. If you didn't know, and <laughs> yeah. We made it, dude. We made it. We don't just have beavers and hockey. We have hilarious house of Frankenstein. But the best thing was Vincent Price was in my <gasps> town, Hamilton, Ontario, when that show was filmed. Oh, yeah. I was oh. born in Hamilton, Ontario. Hate you. Uh, <laughs> I know. But I, he didn't know me. I was, it was in the 70s. I, was like, I wasn't even a thought yet. But it's still cool. <laughs> so I just thought Did that Did he I have anything to do with the show? Oh, yeah. He was on the show all the time. He oh, was, okay. He opened the show and he would close the show and he'd like say Ooh. some silly little poem and you know he was amazing. I loved it. Surprise! I just so think to it- myself, it would have been so cool if I walked in the street and he was there and we could have just had a moment, you know, crossing paths and I didn't even know. But it didn't so happen. okay, so share what is the show about? Because I want to know now. <laughs> well, you mean hilarious House of Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Okay, Hilarious House of Frankenstein just takes all the the tropes from like Universal monsters, you know, like the Frankenstein and the Mummy and and Wolfman and all of them. Like just and they throw it in the show, and it's kind of a kids' show. It's done really silly and cheesy, and it's just comedy, complete comedy. And Vincent Price opens it and closes it every time. 
And sometimes he shows up, you know, in between episodes um, doing other stuff. But mostly it's just one guy in all these different costumes. Sometimes he's like the Count Dracula stereotype. Sometimes he's the, the monster. Sometimes he's a witch. Sometimes he's like this weird guru guy who sits on a bunch of pillows and he's got like one of those big turbans with like, you know, colors and a lot of Indian symbols and stuff. And he tells you like some, some weird... Uh, fortune telling thing and it's just hilarious and so cheesy and over the top but it was just a beautiful show and it really brings me back to my childhood because I would just see it on um, city TV and I would just turn that that's a Canadian channel if you guys don't know and I would just tune it yeah you know you guys don't know our channals who cares right they're not ABC and CBS and blah 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 but anyway so I'm lucky (laughs) (laughs) so I tune into the show as a little kid I just be like oh my god I want to hang out with the monsters you know and the wolfman would have his own radio show so he'd always play like the psychedelic trippy 70s stuff (laughs) and he'd start dancing in the background and there'd be all these like colors these rainbow colors going on and you're like whoa I don't need drugs I have this show (laughs) so good I think that's why now we need to find like um that's uh, what YouTube kids clips. say before they do drugs it's true <laughs> it's all the show's fault that i am the way i am i swear <laughs> i blame that's, you frankenstein that's <sighs> epic now we got to find that on youtube and post links because that that would be cool all on dvd guys i have it on dvd <laughs> it's, it's it's someone's my- burning me something <laughs> You want present? <laughs> I want present. I want present. Well, I mean, my, price. well, I will give me, yeah, wrap me up Vincent Price. I'll take him. Um, mm-hmm. So my sharing, which I actually also have DVDs of, is an old British sci-fi, of course, um, which is the best old British sci-fi um, series called Sapphire and Steel. And it starred the beautiful and lovely Joanna Lumley alongside the also beautiful and lovely David McCollum. And it, yes, Ducky? He's like, Ilya! Ilya! <laughs> um, this was after Man from U.N.C.L.E., of course, but, um, and Joanna Lumley uh, is always is just awesome. She was, she actually played the final female version of the Doctor in the um, Case of Fatal Death. Um, yes. Uh, which was a very funny little Rowan Atkinson skit. But back to the awesome that is Sapphire and Steel. It was a, a really cool concept show that um, it didn't have a lot of budget, but they made up for it with the creep factor that they could with the sets that they used and the special effects that they had and the sound effects. And it was very smartly written about um, basically there was a, an overlord type of um, being that um, if time got out of whack or if there was some sort of, you know, time was a... As, Time was considered almost like an enemy or the bad guy. And if things went wrong or if time tried to pull things like, say, bringing back the spirits of uh, wronged soldiers who had died in a war and were um, had more they, – they, they had a, a grievance against life because they had been killed at their prime, um, then you would have uh, – time would try to to use this to jack with reality so this overlord type would uh send agents like sapphire and steel who were based off of elements in the periodic table and sort of and uh and they could only use certain um certain um universes could only have certain agents work them because if you sent a wrong agent in they couldn't do anything so you would have lead um sapphire steel copper um, that kind of thing, and cool. and each agent kind of personified what they were called. Like Sapphire has these be- beautiful blue eyes, and David McCollum's character is very stoic and hard. And Lead is this big, heavy dude that um, can, um, you know, their powers. They each have different kinds of powers that attribute to their their um, character's name. So Lead is a nerd. It, yeah, exactly. Lead is iner- is able to um, help. <laughs> I don't know well, if Lead's no. inert. Well, Lead is able to like say um, help uh, Steel when Steel can make his his body temperature very cold, and Lead can help insulate him against things. And it's 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 a really cool show. And for um, for as little budget as they had, kind of like with Doctor Who, they made something really cool with it. And awesome. it's got some really neat storylines, really cool special effects. And, of course, 
you know, David McCollum and Joanna Lumley are amazing actors. They they really bring it for these parts. And in the theme with the 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 show is steel has you know they have to do some really um in uh, like the second the second um serial they they had multiple episodes kind of like doctor who it would be an overlapping one big story but different you know like eight episodes would go to that story or whatever um steel has to make a decision in the second episode that you don't see coming that is horrible but it's the only way to stop what's happening. And so it's, it's really good. And actually, some nice person has posted a bunch of these on YouTube. Right on. Uh, and um, so I, I say go check it out. What's cool about this is um, Big Finish Audio has, has kind of brought it back to life with David Warner doing the voice of Steel. Um, mm, you can listen to Sark talk all you want. <laughs> For you Tron fans out there. Um, <laughs> And so it's it's a great great um, series and classic sci-fi, smartly written, great and um, yeah. So that's my pick. What what era was that from? What year was it made? The Years? late late seventies, early eighties. I think it may have actually crossed over from seventy nine to eighty. I want to say it was right wow. at the tail end. That but, sounds. Um, I mean, like that sounds like one of the most outrageous plots. Like it's it really it does. doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's it's, I like that. Yeah, it's totally unique, and how they managed to pull it off with such a little show. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's there's one like one or two sets per episode. It always takes place in like one area, it seems, and they just pull it off because the writing's so smart, and and it's just that concept of of taking science and then taking the you know like kind of a fantasy element and and just messing it all together and the fact that time is like the enemy and and there's always they don't really they don't really specify much of anything it's just the darkness is there and the darkness is the enemy but what's the darkness from well it's you know you're not sure and oh by the way there's some creepy creepy things that happen um i will put the mom who turns around in the first um, segment of the show up against anything that, <laughs> that has come on in film in the last couple of years that's supposed to be scary. That was freaky as hell. Nice. <laughs> nice. That scene is freaky. And then also, um, Joanna Lumley has one scene in, in the second set of episodes that she's got full on, full eye covered black contact lenses in. Ooh. And this is the 70s. Those things mm-hmm. were yeah. pure plastic, hard plastic. They sucked. <laughs> they sucked yes. hard. Yes, they did. So props to her for that, man. Mm-hmm. Tune in for our next episode um, where we will be inter- interviewing, actually, a couple of the producers of a new documentary about the Return of the Living Dead series called More Brains. Um, I am really excited about that. It's going to be a great time. And we will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Fangirl Radio Show. Bye.